You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing a six-foot alligator go swing into the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big mm-hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the Cryptids of the Corn Podcast. Yeah. I am the great and Ursine mystery. Great and what? Ursine. What's that? You'll learn in a little bit. Oh, I oh, I am J Clone 64 and I am ready to learn today. What the word Ursine means? Yeah. What is that? You'll learn. Yeah. I'm I, ready I, to I learn thought it. you'd know what the word Ursine meant. Ursine? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I, I got nothing. We're looking at this week at man bear pigs. Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, giant bears. Oh. Specifically, they're uh, referred to as bulldog bears or human-faced bears. Or man-bear pigs? Or man-bear pigs. <laughs> no. Human-faced pigs? Is that what you said? Bears. Or bears, sorry, sorry. I human-faced <laughs> pigs is a different thing. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, they get called pigs sometimes as in the like more like boar-shaped, not like domestic pig-shaped. Okay. But, you know, big haunches on the shoulders. Uh, these are giant bears. Okay. But specifically, we're focusing on the man-faced bears, not the giant polar bears. Okay. Because there is a whole different subset of giant polar bear sightings, hmm. which is another episode. This will probably be two or three parts. Does a short-faced bear fall into this? Ooh, I don't 
talk about that in about 45 minutes. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I hate you sometimes. Well, I thought that was one of – that's a famous one. Yes. No. Oh, my gosh. Bringman's Bear is what we're going to talk about first. Okay, Bringman's. So we have, like, a couple – I have a couple really small cases of what seems to be giant grizzly bear or weird – Weird, deformed, giant bears from around the world. Okay. So, Bringman's bear is also known as God bear, or Ursus Architus Peresicor is the scientific name it was assigned. It's a possibly extinct cryptid bear native to Russia. Oh, okay. So, possibly extinct, but it's a cryptid bear native to Russia. Okay. In 1920, Swedish geologist Stan Bringman, I think it's Bergman, Bringman, I think it's how it's going to be said was given the opportunity to examine a hide of a giant bear. It was a Blackford variety of... Yeah, here's a word for you. Ursine? No. <laughs> Kim Achinkapi pie, Pied Bear. Oh, one of them. Okay. Yeah, so it's a one of the native Russian cultures. It's their word for it. Okay. Bringman, who had spent two years studying the wildlife of the this area. It's a, it's a region in, in Russia. Russia. Okay. Uh, it's a peninsula. So noted the pelt was far beyond the size of any other bear found in the area. So this is like one of these stories, and I'll read the full story, and it's not much. There's not much more than what I just said. A lot of these stories are very small. Uh, It's big, weird bear scene killed, whatever. Yeah. There's not a lot to go on. A lot of them are older, which points to this maybe being a species that existed that has recently gone extinct. Okay. Or is on the verge of extinction. Right. It's on that, yeah. It's red-listed for sure. I will say... The peninsula bears are often the biggest bears on the planet. Is that like, is Kodiak a, that's an Kodiak's island. Kodiak's an island, but it is the peninsula. The, it's uh, right there. Yeah. And they have the biggest bears on the planet. In Alaska? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they, there's grizzlies, there's Kodiaks, and they're all subset species of brown bear. Okay. But there's even like the, uh, oh gosh, the Iranian brown bear. So brown bears were native like the whole planet, Everywhere. the northern yeah. hemisphere, yeah, including like some of the subtropical air, Africa and stuff like that. Uh, which yeah, it's crazy. Nundi bear, the Nundi bear. No, so this yeah. Any questions so far? Oh no, I'm ready. It's just kind of a neat thing. So the sighting is 1920. Swedish zoologist Stan was given the opportunity to examine this hide of this giant black fur bear. Uh, he also he spent you know years studying the wildlife of this area. He noted the pelt was far beyond the size of bears. Mm-hmm. The hair covering the skin was short, inconsistent with the long hair associated with the normal bears of the area. Okay, so that was the first weird thing. First, yeah, the first curveball. The, the hair was much shorter and more coarse than the local ursine bears. Okay, Ur, ursine just means bear. Just so you know. Oh, okay, that's what that word means. Yeah, ursine is bear. Like Ursa Major and Ursa Minor. Oh, okay. Oh, Big the Dipper, Big Dipper, Little, little Dipper. Dipper. They're big, big Bear, bear little, little Bear. Little Bear, yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. He also described the paws being humongous, measuring 14 and a half inches by 10 inches. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Suggesting monstrous bears he called Ursa Arcus Perincier, more commonly referred to as Bringman's Bears. So he was studying this area. He had this pelt come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the skull wasn't with it. But it was way, way bigger than the bears in the area, which the bears are already huge. Yeah. Also going out, he found paw prints that were just massive, humongous yeah. compared to other local bear populations. Wow. So he gave him a scientific name, and he was just kind of going that these bears were very low in population and very rare. Yeah. But they're there. Keep in mind, this is a zoologist doing this study. People were bringing him associated research with mm-hmm. this. However, some suggest that Bringman's bear 
may be alive. Or so, you know, he thinks it was on the edge of extinction. Uh, some, though, suggest the Bringman's Bear is alive and well, living in the remote areas of the, whatever, the Kamachurata area. <laughs> right. Nailed it. In a book called Bears of the World, published in 18, or 1988, Terry Damaco observed a variety of uh, the, the vast majority of these bears had been closed off since the Cold War for military reasons. So this population of bears had been closed off since the Cold War. Okay. So nobody's got to go in and study since the 1960s. Gotcha. Okay. So in his book, he's like, you know. It's a lot of mystery here. There could there, They could still be a you know, separate population of bears that we don't know. Right. A former Soviet officer who had access to the area told the author that the giant black bears were still reported in the region. And this was had black fur, you yes. said, right? Yeah. But short black fur versus the other bears there were giant long furred grizzlies. Right. Or brown bears. Aren't black bears always, don't they always have short fur? Shorter. Shorter, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're small. Generally, black bears are, are smaller than grizzlies. Right, right. You know, our biggest black bears are 600 pounds, and the smallest grizzlies are 600 pounds. Exactly, yeah. You know. Uh, so where was I? So uh, interest in the bear, in these bears was revitalized in the 1960s. Hunter Rolden Savabovich reported the claims that these uh, natives uh, had seen the unusually large bears, and they called them either Incarums, roughly meaning uh, trouser pulled down due to their appearance of the, the bear's hind legs or god bears due to their large size. Mm, okay. So these guys are reported, like, they have their, their back legs are much shorter mm-hmm. than their front legs, even for bears. Okay. So they're, they're even more exaggerated. Yeah. So their name is pants pulled down. Right. Because they kind of, the way they waddle. Yeah. It's good. That's a good uh, little They're also nickname. called god bears because they'll kill you. <laughs> Quite opposite nicknames, but... This is the same region when we did our Living Mammoths episode. Okay, the same area. Yeah, well, very close. Okay. To where this area is hard to get to. It sucks to live there. It's super remote, and there's just small native peoples still, like small populations of native peoples still. That's it, yeah. Uh, And hunters going in. Yeah. You know, these hunters from areas. So this hunter that he got to talk to, the Soviet, you know, this ex-Soviet, was, you know, saying that, yeah, they still, they're still seen there. Whatever these bears are. Right. And that was in the, what did I just say? I can't remember if you said it. The 1960s. 60s, yeah, right yeah. after it opened back up. Or no. Right before it closed down. Right before it closed down, that's what it was, yeah. So as going into the Cold War, they were saying, saying yes, they're still seeing these bears. Right. And nobody's really, even to the modern day, nobody's really gone back in this area. Really? Because it sucks. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And, and it's right in Russia. And it sucks. Yeah. It just sucks. The whole thing getting there sucks. Mm-hmm. It's like what's the uh, I can't always forget it that that weird alien complex with the big brass domes that's sinking oh, into the swamp. Oh, up yeah, in the northern like Siberia. And everybody's like, why did nobody go there? Because it sucks. sucks. I don't care what time of year you go. If you go when it's not frozen, it's a it's hundreds of miles of wetland. Right, exactly. It's, you cannot walk through it, and you probably need you like cannot a, drive a guide. You need government uh, clearance to get into. It. If you go in the winter, you'll die. Yeah. It's like the same thing with that uh, that cave where they found that Denisovan, the Denisovan finger bone. Cave, yeah. um, I think I was eleven day truck, truck ride. Yeah, and that's if I remember with a guide, you know, with someone knowing exactly where they're, they're going, not what roads. they're going. No, no, not at all. So yeah, it's some of this. I like, think that's what's lost a lot about some of these Russian and even the Yukon. Oh yeah, we have a couple of Yukon listeners, and they were you know talked about how rural like they live in the Yukon. Yeah, and there's just. Hundreds of millions of acres of just nobody you cannot get to. Yeah, you can't you you can't go into. You'll mm-hmm. die. Yeah, you will die if you don't know what you're doing. You're I mean, not like an people that know what they're doing still die. They still die. Yeah. 
So I just thought that was kind of interesting. This is kind of our first step into the the god bear or these giant bears. Okay. Specifically, not the giant polar bears, like I've said before. Right, yeah. Because that's a weird whole subset. I was going to combine it in this episode, but that's, there's enough there to do its own thing. Okay. So what's your first thoughts of this giant Russian bear? That's pretty... I, well, I think you hit all the points where there was historical evidence of them. You know, physical with the pelt that this guy has examined. The physical footprints he had seen. The actual measurements of its hands. But then with it going into like, you know, I don't know information secrecy behind the Iron Curtain after the 1960s. I mean, no one's there researching this. No one's there to know whether these things still are there or are they are extinct or if they're flourishing in some small population. So here's the weird thing with bears is as far as bears aren't apex predators, truly. You know, they're most almost all species of bears, except polar bears, are omnivores. Right. Uh, polar bears, and if I may be wrong, but I'm 99% sure I'm correct on this, are the only exclusively carnivore species of bear on the planet left. Which makes sense. Because they don't have plants. Where they <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm sure if they had option to eat blueberries. They would do it. They would eat blueberries. Yeah. But they don't have option. You know, they're. that's why they're so big. It's either eat ice or, or seals, seals and penguins. In whales. In whales. Yeah. They, they eat whales? Yeah. So blue whales, there was that, you know. Like if they wash up or something? No, they get trapped in the ice flows. Oh. And then that's when polar bears hunt them. Oh, man. It's not easy. Oh, no. We just talked about this, like, polar bears hunting walruses, and it's like, people think walruses are gigantic, which they are. They are. But they don't understand how big elephant seals are. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. just talked about the biggest walrus is still a third the size of the average adult elephant it's, seal. They're so big. Male. Yeah. The bulls. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, they just, they're massive. 10,000 so pounds. So big. They're size of elephants. Size of your bus. They are, actually. Yeah. They're, uh, they're almost the same length and almost the same weight. It's like driving an elephant seal down the road. <laughs> that, we, that needs to be on the back of the bus. <laughs> a big elephant it's, seal. This is the same size and weight of an elephant seal. That or, like someone mentioned, uh, That'd be a the, weird dumb, fact. the Dumb and Dumber bus or truck, yeah. turn it into a dog. We'll just turn the bus into an elephant seal. There you go. We'll get the That'd big be very skin. Nice. <laughs> so that's his first kind of bear, though. Okay. The next one is McFarlane's bear, or McFarlane. Ooh. You know this story. Um, probably. You have to tell me. With the exception of unconfirmed sightings, McFarlane's bear is sometimes thought to have a species that has gone extinct. It's a bear that was shot in 1864. This specimen was obtained in 1864. There have been many theories concerning the origins of McFarlane's bear, which include suggestions of a polar bear grizzly hybrid or surviving representative of a Pleistocene species. I, uh, this does sound vaguely familiar. Mm. Why do I know this? Is it from a previous episode or is so it? The tribes from the area where this bear was shot. Yeah. Uh, the, they are Inuit tribes. They often tell stories of humongously aggressive bears. So huge and aggressive, aggressive bears. Aggressive, yeah. That collapse people's roofs in. Jeez. So it often will get on top of a roof and push through to open up. Like a polar bear does. Yes. Yeah. But being a brown bear. Yeah. Oh, man. In 1864, Inuit hunters shot and killed an enormous bear. Uh, it was yellow furred, though. They gave the skull. You know, this is the story is kind of wishwashy. Okay, it's very old, and there's so when we told the story first, Robert McFarlane shot the bear himself. Okay, he was a naturalist that would go in on his own plane and stuff to these areas that were pretty much desolate. Mm -hmm. And this version of the story, 
the Inuits killed it, and he was given the pelt and the, the skull. Okay. So this the skull was unlike anything the naturalists had ever seen. McFarland shipped the skull in the skin to the Smithsonian. Okay, now I know this story. Where they were, it was placed in storage and lost. And now, is this the same one that was? Yes. Okay. Okay. So we'll tell. That there's part several later. versions of the story. Okay. There's one I think happened, and then there's this one. Yeah. This one was included in a Smithsonian report about giant bears. This was included. Yeah. This this version of the story. Oh. Okay. Okay. This version. Eventually, Dr. Clinton Hart uncovered the remains, which he thought were shot very uh, very far outside the brown bear range, and realized that it wasn't a brown bear at all. And in 1918, it was described as a specimen that was new species, calling it an extinct, unexpected bear. What it's it's Versa archaeus imperatus, which just means extinct, unexpected bear. Okay. Uh, so in, there's a lot with this story. First, the guy. McFarland is our famous turned the bear in, got the ticket, and then Smithsonian's like, we lost it. Right. And gave him back a brown bear. And they ha- he had all the dimensions and everything yeah. supposedly on it, yeah. measured. and This pelt and skull was humongous, and the skull was supposed to be short like a bulldog. Yeah. So, and this, so that's, you know, this, he gave it back. Dr. Uh, Clinton Hart was one of the ones that uh, realized that it wasn't a brown bear. Okay. Much later, said, and they gave it its own scientific name. The scientists after him said, no, it is a brown bear, and they gave the skull back to the public. Gotcha. And it was like a third the size. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of, this is that bad story. Man. Where he had the ticket, and the Smithsonian said, no, it was at another museum, and all this weird, crazy stuff. We've shared the story a hundred times. He went round and round and round, got the run around every time, until they finally found it, quote unquote, and then gave it back to Mm -hmm. him, and it was not the same skull he had initially submitted. Yeah. So like I said, a lot of these are small. Like, there's not a lot to them. And this comes in a time where, if you want to believe these bears exist, they probably are very low in numbers at mm-hmm. the turn of the century, from the 18s to the 19s, which most of these stories come from. Uh, they're from very, very remote areas, which would make a lot of sense. Uh, Dale Dernan is, well, I'm going to use a lot of his research for this next little bit. Okay. So I just want to give him credit, because uh, he did this big paper, uh, involved some of Lauren Coleman stories. Uh, from here in the U.S. and around the world with giant bears. Mm-hmm. So I'm using a lot of his. Okay. Uh, so like I said, I pulled a lot of this from his reports. In 1967 in Kentucky, a mysterious creature that walked on its hind legs and stood between six and seven foot tall was started killing and stealing cattle. Mm. And he, this is in his words. I had read this uh, in an account in a scholastic magazine that was sent into a report to S-T-I, or SITU. At the time I had received the reply, it sounds as though you are talking about an ABSM. And sure enough, it was eventually included in Mysteriously Bigfoot. Basically Bigfoot. It's just an acronym for Bigfoot-like creature. Okay. Uh, Sightings included in John Keel's Mysterious Beings. So formerly strange creatures from time and space. ABSM. Hey, I think we have that book. Yeah, we do. It's over there. Yeah. So this was sent in, and it was kind of included in the Bigfoot-like creatures. A-B-S-M, a Bigfoot Sasquatch man. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so he listed under the Kentucky 1967, only that that's not the whole story. The creature had been caught and killed. It was reported to have been both cat and dog-like features, a short or, or some sort of short-faced bear. Mm, I th- I'm getting other vibes, though. That weighed, it's not, the, uh, yeah, don't ruin anything. 
that weighed around 650 pounds is my only reason. It's not the other thing you're thinking of. But it just could be a bigger version of that. It was clearly not a black bear. Right. So in, in John Keel's book, he, whether he didn't get the full report or he didn't include the full report, the report did say that the local people had killed the thing. Okay. That was stealing their cows. Yeah. And it was very – it had cat and dog-like features, but they thought it was some kind of bear. It just was not a black bear. Yeah. Uh, later on, it was – a lot of the locals said it was a grizzly. They'd never seen a grizzly, though. They just knew that was the only other type of bear, bear. in yeah. North America. Yeah. It weighed 650 pounds, which would have rivaled the biggest black bears ever on record. Right. Yeah, exactly. And most of those bears that are 650 pounds are belly draggers, so, okay. garbage bears. Yeah. And killing and stealing cattle for – not saying a black bear can't kill and steal cattle. But a garbage bear. A garbage bear is probably not doing that. Right. Yeah. Too much work at that point. Yeah. Uh, once again, the author. When I had a radio interview with the Oompa Loompa Cafe some years back, the <laughs> owner of the internet cafe said that they had heard this incident because they had lived near the area at the time. The animal had been baited out by a calf tied to a stake and was shot uh, when it came for the calf. Rick Osmond, owner of the blog, gave the native or the native name for the creature on air was sounded like wood or wog, like W O D or W O G. Okay. They couldn't quite understand it on the radio call. Wad or wad or wog. At any rate, his recollection confirmed mine and much important the new clippings from this on this subject. Wod, wog, wog. I don't know. Very bear like. And I know you're thinking hyena. Yeah, I was. And I don't think it was just because of the size. And this is in 1967. You know what else it could be? Wait, Uh, where's this happen? Where'd this happen again? Kentucky. Oh, okay. Um, This also made me think. Uh, the raccoon man. Now I can see that raccoon man, dog, that that thing. Yeah, I kind of lean towards the bear. Just being a bear. The, yes, very unique bear. Okay, but this is also in the nineteen sixty seven. This ain't that. It's not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. Like it was. Everything's pretty much. Why I don't think it was a hyena is I think they would have known because they killed it. Yeah, maybe people. Somebody looking at the body of this thing. Yeah, would have known it was a hyena, especially later on. Because like you said, there's still when this guy was interviewing people, there were still living eyewitnesses. But one guy ran an internet cafe. The, oh, that had seen it when it was still yeah. li- alive. Okay. And you know, going into modern ages with information, I'm sure he'd seen pictures of hyenas by that time. He would, yeah, I mean, and been like, pro- okay, I, you know, we shot and killed a hyena. Yeah, I guess you never know. That's just why what? I'm going. Maybe not a hyena. True, and you know, what, a lot of eyewitnesses. When was a uh, Roosevelt president, I forget the years. It was 1902 or something like that. Oh, was that early? Yeah. So, I mean. 70 years prior. Yeah. I guess that's quite a bit, but. Not I, saying, that I, obviously, I, there's modern hyena sightings. I mean, yeah. there's a documentary coming out about it. True. By yours, there's a plug. Yours truly. Launch your documentaries. Check us out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Shameful. Shameless, sorry. Plug. And shameful, too. So, <laughs> but I could see it being dog. But I guess my thing is this very short, heavy skull is what was confusing people. Okay. Very short-fringed bear. Yeah, I was going to say on the last one. Mm-hmm. Has it been 45 minutes yet? 21. Okay, so the next, a little early. The next one is another from his, is the booger bears. Ooh. Now, there's not a lot about these booger bears. Booger bears, huh? Yeah. And booger is like, you know, the wood boogers, yeah. the Bigfoot. But there's all kinds of boogers as far as in North American cryptids. It's just kind of a name that gets associated with the boogeyman-like creatures. Oh, uh, okay. So these scary things of Appalachian and Southern U.S. traditions. Yeah. They get associated with the word booger, 
which means in North, like in European and stuff like that, is like a spirit. Yeah. Uh, like we said with Geist or Gaster. Okay. You know, with Snally Gaster. Yeah. It was means spirit or okay. ghost. Okay. Even though the Snally Gaster wasn't a ghost, it was a word associated with the paranormal. Right. What if it came from a ghostly world? Mm. So Ivan T. Sanderson uh, mentioned in his Living Mammals of the World that the early settlers of the West called were calling a grizzly bear was a specialized predator on the bison in the High Plains area. A much different and much larger bear than what one would expect to be called a grizzly. So these people he was talking to in the West were calling something a grizzly bear. Yeah. That was very bigger, much bigger than a grizzly bear. It was not behaving like one. Okay. Grizzly bear will, they'll tackle moose calves and elk, small elk and stuff like that. They aren't going to go after, I don't care who, what, an adult bison. That's not a new fight they're going to win. They're not going to even attempt it? I mean, it would be very specialized conditions. Yeah. Like, like back I'm sure they'll corner. eat bison calves. Yeah. And, or I guess, you know, starving animals is starving animal. It'll do whatever. Right, yeah. Uh, this thing was specialized in eating bison. Okay. So to me, that speaks to a much different animal. Because bison's not a small no. thing to tackle. No, and they're very aggressive. Yeah. It's not like, you know, moose and elk. You know, it, I've seen big grizzly bears trying yeah. to take a moose calf and not dealing with a moose very well. An adult moose. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It's almost like you, bison, it's almost like you need a U.S. Army to wipe them all out. So, it happened. To starve uh, people. It happened. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so this, it appeared to be killing off a lot of bison in this area. These people referring to this grizzly bear-like creature in the West. Uh, it was getting to be a problem. What a mythical, like, creature to hunt. A bison? No, no, no. The thing killing them. Oh, yeah. If you just see something carrying off a bison... <laughs> uh, that's not good. No, you either have two reactions. That's a dragon. Yeah, you have two reactions to that. Either one, turn around and run, burn the whole area down and never come back. Or two, I need that thing mounted on my wall. So a lot of people call this a monkey-like bear, though. Monkey bears. Or it almost had a more human face. Ooh, okay. Now the author connects it also to bulldog bear sightings. So these bulldog bears were from the north. Uh, Northern British Columbia, the Northern Territories, Alberta, Saskatchewan. Okay. And these were reported to carry off entire moose. Jeez. So, you know. And I, uh, if you don't know how big a moose is, I mean. 2,500 pounds. They're the biggest land. They are still, I think, the biggest land mammal in North America. I would be shocked if anything rivals it. Well, bison would be the only thing that rivals it in weight. True, in weight, yeah. But moose are taller I think, and I longer. think moose are the heaviest. I'd have to look it up here in a second. But so this bulldog bear in the northern territories was reportedly attacking and killing adult moose and carrying them off. Jeez. Like I just said, you know, grizzly bears, adult grizzly bears are having trouble dealing, stealing calves. Yeah. Let right. alone taking an adult moose. Adult moose, moose yeah. Good Lord. So it is presumed that these reports were related uh, to surviving Arc, or, okay, Arcdeus, Arcdus, the short faced bear. Oh, okay. So it's kind of weird that the range of the bear, the, the grizzly bear bison eater, and these bulldog bears are kind of, when you put them side by side, they connect. Right, yeah. So it's like a big, massive range. Right. Uh, and different, different names, yeah. but similar features. So from the west to the midwest to all the way to the north. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts so far? 
I mean, I'm just, I'm really uh, honing in on short face bear right now. Mm. And just, that's what's speaking to me. Hmm. <laughs> what? And then once again, this also has a lot of fact or a lot of similarities to the God bear or the pants pulled down bear. Yeah. Yeah. Mega, mega fauna bear. Ancient bear. Ar- Arduris simoes. It's a short face bear. Ooh, okay. Now let's see. Let's see if you can say it right. Okay. Uh, it's italicized down there. At the bottom. Oh, I see a arc or actrotus simus. There you go. Actrotus. Actrotus. Is that what you're doing? Actrotus. Yeah, that's what I went with. Actrotus simus. Just make it up. That's what I learned with scientific yeah. names a long time ago. I think they made them up to begin with. Oh, they did. Yeah. Nobody speaks Latin. That's why they picked it. Right, exactly. So nobody can correct them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no one living in today that's like, no, that's actually the wrong dialect. So in South America, there's another similar monster. Ooh, okay. The red mountain bear. Ooh, that sounds scary. Why these are smaller? They're reddish in color, and they're from the mountains of Cambodia. Uh, they're well known to the natives. Wait a minute. Cambodia. That's... that's... Oh, Colombia. Colombia and Peru. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's not South America. Uh, there's also known as pygmy brown bears. So these aren't a real... These aren't a documented species. They are or aren't? Aren't. aren't. Okay, okay. Uh, the weird thing about these pygmy, pygmy brown bears is they're also known to punch the roofs in houses to eat the people inside. Ooh. Just like... The yeah. North, you know, the, the, the one from the, earlier. The, uh, Russian species. Yeah. Uh, both animals are possibly color variants of the speculate or the speculated bear. There, descendants of the ancient short-faced bear. So, speculated bear is one of the most aggressive bears on the planet. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they're the last. They're much smaller. They're like they're small. They're a small bear, but they're hyper aggressive and are, related to short-faced bears. Are they the black ones with the longer fur? Yeah. Okay, I think I've seen videos of them. They're before. sun bears, which are from India, which are the most aggressive bear on the planet. Yeah. Speculated bears are. They look similar. And they're also hyper aggressive. Okay, well, I've maybe have seen one of those too. The melon from Peru, Colombia, and Bol- or, yeah, Colombia and Bolivia, is described as an enormous black bear. Ooh, just like the Russian one. Living in the deep jungles, it's also the one in. Uh, oh, now I forgot. The bulldog bear is also said to be black. Oh, okay. Living in South America, the most famous encounter was with the famed explorer Leonard Clark in ni- or nineteen forty six while floating down the Eucaline River in eastern Peru. He first came across the animal's footprints on the river bank, measuring 14 inches long and 10 inches wide. It's the exact same as the, as the uh, what's the first guy? What was his name? Uh, the, the hunter. Yeah, the yeah, but, Swedish guy. Oh, the, no, yeah. Stan. From, Stan. Yeah. It was the same measurements he took. Exact. Isn't that weird, huh? I wonder why I included that. Hmm. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. <laughs> so he said they resembled that of a giant man. Man bear pig. Well, you know what bears are famous for? Standing up and the look double like... step. Oh, okay. Causing them their footprints to look very human. Human-like, yep. Uh, the second day, he found the source of the strange tracks. As he floated down the river, he passed what he described as a humongous black bear, clawing apart a rotting tree infested with ants in order to get to the larva. So very bear-like behavior. Yep. As they passed, one of the crew members uh, sharply slapped the paddle in the water, starting the bear that leapt into the river and began to swim across. Screw that. As the raft near, as the raft neared the bear, it turned and swam towards them. Okay, you're dead. You know, most bears will take off. Right, yeah. This is uh, coming at you. Either because it was curious, angry, or wanted to claw them apart. When the bear was in three feet of the raft, the crew leapt overboard. What? In knowing that the animal would upset the craft. Uh, Leonard shot it with his pistol. Without his crew, unfortunately, Leonard didn't uh, could not drag the bear's carcass aboard before the piranhas started feeding on it. And this was forced to abandon the specimen. So he shot it with a pistol and killed it. And his crewmates jumped out of the boat. First, they all the people were abandoned the boat. Okay, because they knew they were they were familiar with this creature. When it decided to eat something, it's gonna eat it. Yeah, so they were hoping that it decided that it was on the raft. Okay, so they're like, let's abandon what it wants. Okay, they weren't used to having guns though, and he emptied his pistol into it. Uh, yeah, he'd have to At to kill it. Three foot. Yeah, you'd have to. Now you know you may. It depends on where you shoot a bear. You can drop them with the twenty two. Like a lot of those guys hunt perfect. polar bears, yeah, hunt with twenty twos. Really? Yeah, they shoot them in the eye socket. Yeah, and they just fall. If you miss and hit the skull, yeah, you have a very Angry. bad bear. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, dang. So, so he killed it, and then he couldn't drag the specimen on the land. Uh, I guess observe it. Right. Hmm. And you know, it's that's very cryptid. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. You know, you can. It's a fun story. No, yeah, very much so. Yeah, and to me, it was weird that it was a giant black bear, not like brown or because a lot the of the bears. Well, yeah, a lot of the speculated bears have a lot of color patterns to them and yeah. stuff like. You know, to me, it would be like I seen a giant speculated bear. Yeah, it just was odd to me that that's why it kind of stuck out that it was a giant black, black bear. bear. Yeah. yeah, there might be some. I mean, obviously, after all these examples, it seems like there's some giant black bear. That is still existing on Earth and apparently all over. So I have a little bit more for you. Okay. Uh, the yucca. Like the root? I, yeah, kind of spelled like that. Okay. It's sometimes called the yucamara or the yucamara zapiri. Okay. It's a reported ape-like or Bigfoot-like creature that lives in the mountainous region in and around Chile in Argentina. Okay. So very, very South, South America. Right, yep. Live in the mountainous regions there. Its name is unfortunately uh, ambiguous and can be referred to as a bear or a bear-like monkey or monkey-like bear, or bear man, the boogie bear, or also, you know, translations yeah. for this creature. Right. So yeah. its name is very hard to pin down. Is it Bigfoot or is it a bear? Bear, yeah. Specifically, what are the, what's it translate to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. The yuca is described as being that of the size of an extremely large dog, but it can walk erect. According to the natives of the, the that the yucca, it likes to eat pyro, a plant that is an inside or similar to that of cabbage. It emits a sound like 
Ewa, 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 which Ivan T. Sanderson compared to the noise reported by Albert Ostman, hmm. who claimed to have been, you know, held captive by a family of Sasquatch in 1924. Yep. Here's a weird familiar. thing. Bears and gorillas both make a very similar sound that Ooh. was reported this. Okay. Uh, so did King Kong in the mo- in 1933 in his movie. They used both bear and oh, uh, gorilla sounds nice. for him. Because bears do make a lot of sounds that are similar to that of apes. Like a bellowing, like, roar? They can even kind of talk. Oh, okay. Didn't there was that, that famous talking bear from Russia. It was like one of the sideshow things. It was just a bear making noise, but it was humanish enough. So can seals. Have you ever heard of Henry the Talking Seal? I have not. He was a seal that could answer all your questions. What would he say? Like, hello, Henry. <laughs> it was. It sounded like a person. It's weird. I'll play it for you sometime. That's weird. That may be a Wednesday episode whenever okay. we stop getting submissions. Henry the Talking Seal? Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the first documented sightings of the Yucca took place in May of 1958. Why well, I mean document as in white people. Okay. Put it down on paper. Mm-hmm. When a group of campers in Rango... 50 miles of Santiago, Chile, reported that they saw what could only be described as a ape man. The police were called to investigate. They took reports from the eyewitnesses, one of which is Carlo Manuel Santo, was sworn that he had seen an enormous man covered with hair in the area. Uh, this is a hard one because they're calling it the same name. Yeah. They Ape man, there's a bear like, yeah, ape faced bear is also referred to a lot. Yeah. Where it stands up, but it runs away on all fours. It's very hard to tell if this is a Bigfoot or a giant bear. Bear, yeah. In 1956, geologist Aldio Pitch found 17-inch-long human-like tracks in Argentina in the Andres Mountains at the height of over 16,000 feet. So there's not a lot living up there. No. I, I, I know this mountain range pretty good because it's the Andres Condors. Okay. It's about their only place that they still have a strong a stronghold. Uh, if you go up there, it's volcanic rock. There's nothing up there. Okay. It's like misty. It's a very desolate place, especially at that altitude. It's a desert up there. Yeah. Pretty much. It's, it's not a great place. Condors live up there because they fly down to eat. Yeah. And they're safe up there. Nothing's yeah. going to mess with them. Except a volcano erupting. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't matter if you live in the area. Or not, yeah. But, yeah, he's seen these giant footprints. Uh, they were similar to, you know... Sasquatch tracks in North America and all this. Yeah. He also described a chorus of eerie calls every night. This is giving me definitely more Sasquatchy vibes yeah. than it is bear. And I think that's the problem with these is it's the same name. Yeah. But in their same region, you know, the Uka or the, the you know, it can be all kinds of different things. Uka, Yuka. The Yuka. The Yuka Marara. And it's just, it, is it ape-like bear or bear-like, bear-like ape? ape? Yeah. So that's giant bears from around the world. And it's crazy. I mean, and you hit one on pretty much each, every continent except uh, Antarctica and Australia. Yeah, I left I left what, Africa. Oh, yeah, true. But yeah. But oh. the Nundi bear is something different. Yeah. You know, Africa doesn't have a big po- – and we talked about it in the Nundi bear episode. Yeah. Is Africa doesn't have a big population of bears. Right. As far as I know, the, uh, the uh, Middle Eastern brown bear, I remember that was the only one, and they're barely into Africa. Right, yeah. And it's shocking, like, South America doesn't really either, but... They have bear species. Some, yeah. It just sucks to live there for a bear. But uh, A lot of competition for omnivore yes. positions. And I, it's pretty amazing if someone did witness a giant black, you know, the same creature. I feel like it's the same creature, whatever very, it is. Very similar across the board. Yeah. And I wonder if it's, like, convergent evolution or if it is the same. Hmm. So let's talk about what's happening. 
Okay. So I have a list of stuff for you. Ooh, okay. Uh, genotypes. Yeah. So what this means, once again, a genotype is a genetic profile. So many species can have different genotypes within their individual. Like there's a couple fish species we talked about specifically. They have, depending on how much food is available, the mother can kind of decide what her eggs will be. The small genotype. Yeah. Or the large genotype. Is genotype or phenotype? Oh, that's phenotype. Okay. You're right. Sorry. I did. You corrected me. There I was go. thinking, oh, wait, when you were saying, I'm like, wait a minute. Phenotype or genotype. I yes. both. That they, they could have different genes or this different phenotype. Phenotypes. Yeah. Phenotype. I wrote down the wrong one. Different expressions of, of these same genes. Same traits. Yeah. So this could be every once in a while, a giant bear was born. These are just yeah. truly grizzlies or just truly one of black the... bears. And they have a genotype or a phenotype that expresses as a giant. Yeah. Which we see that all across nature. Yeah, there's tons. There's tons of examples of this. Or mm-hmm. just freaks of nature is what they're called. Yeah. Know, but it's they're still the same genes. Was that an old what do you think that's an old gene that's like coming back or could be, or it could just be like king bears. Uh or a lot of these species, uh sauropods we think had this. Just has the one oh, where the one takes over the Yeah. And it, it just grows big. It grows a lot bigger than everybody else. Yeah. And it uses some kind of pheromone suppression to keep the other ones from expressing that phenotype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when it dies, you know. The next biggest one will take hold and grow gigantic. It fills the niche. So there's, there's that's one. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that can very well be part of the phenomena. Like you just happen to see that one bear, but I, I almost feel like whatever these things are spread out, well, I guess. It could also be a, reason. a genotype, a freak gene, like for whatever, like you were saying, this ancient genome. That just that comes back, forward gets expressed. Every, yeah, yeah, every once in a while. Skips like eight generations. So that, yeah. Yeah. It, they're all carrying that genotype. Right. But it gets expressed randomly. Right, yeah. And we can talk about that with chickens. So we've gone in their genes and turned back on prehistoric ones where they grow tails and grow really? teeth. Yeah. Why are we doing that? Does it show that they, it's possible? That they're still carrying traits of their ancestors that are just turned off. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Like, so what do you like what that. are you going with that one? Yay or nay? Oh uh, yeah. Yay. For sure, yay. I think it's plays part of it. Gigantism is my next one. Oh, just, which is a little different. Right, it's a genetic disorder. Yep. Yeah. And where you know it can these things often have very short lifespans. Uh, they're often very different. And you can look. Andre's our famous human example. Right. Andre, of a Andre. type of gigantism. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the the Asian man that got like nine foot tall? Uh, like what do you mean? That he's in Ripley's Believe It or Not. Like. Oh, the tallest man ever. you're right. Yes. Uh, oh, I don't remember his name, but I know what you're talking about. There's yeah. a, that famous picture of Shaq next to him, like yeah. his, his model. Right. Yeah. And it just the Shaq looks tiny. Yeah. He dwarfs Shaq. Uh, and he, you know, he had health problems and died you and, know, very young. And then same with that Ro- Robert Wadlow from yeah. Illinois, even like pretty close to us. I thought he was from Kentucky. Was he? No, I th- that was another guy. That okay. was the. But giants don't the, live these at least giantism. You know, humans don't live. Right. That, yeah. The problem yeah. is the organs are the same size. Yeah. Is so that the big? That's the big problem is the heart. The heart is the same size. Is it? I thought it just was like it would grow like two. Like it was trying to pump so much yes, blood around that. It that's would, the problem. It is grew like no, too muscular. Well, no, it, it gets it does. It gets disshapened because the muscles are struggling. Yeah. The okay. heart is the same size. as it's like you're born with a normal human heart. Mm, OK. And it doesn't match the body that it grows into. It's trying to. Yeah. And so it's working double time to pump, pump to, all that yeah. blood around. Yeah. Man. So that's kind of the one is that they're gigantic, you know, gigantic gigantism. Oh, yeah. OK. Freaks in nature. Yeah. It happens. It just happens in nature. 
my big against that is why is it across the board? Board, yeah. Gigantism is rare. Right. Why we see it so many times in people and think about it. It's a handful. Right. A handful of people. Mm-hmm. It's because there's 8 billion of us. Right. Exactly. That's a lot. And, you know, it's, and we don't, I can't think of any modern true giants. No. With it, gigantism. It's, it's hard. It's been a while. Yeah. Since one's I'm, been in the public eye. That's the main thing is just whether they're put out in the public eye. Because a lot of the times they're not, unless it's for some, unless so they're like a basketball player or something. It would be weird to me that this has been reported so many times for it to be gigantism. Right, yeah. I agree with you on that. Uh, hybrids. Ooh. So blondie bears are, yeah. you know, these pizzlies are grizzly polar bear hybrids. Yep. Uh, a guy recently, or not recently, recently, but got in a lot of trouble because he was hunting grizzlies and he killed one. And I'll, I believe it was Alaska. It wasn't he, a grizzly, was it? He got it in, and he got in trouble for killing a polar bear. Yeah. Uh, and he thought it was a weird-looking bear. Like, when after he killed, you know, he shot it from 600 yards or what, something crazy. Right, yeah. And it was brown. Right. You know, it's where he was. Grizzlies are brown. Brown, yeah. White polar bears are white. Exactly. So you shot a brown bear. He shot a bear that was brown, brown in color. Yeah. And he got, you know, it looked, it was a polar bear that was brown. Hmm. And it was an example of a pizzly. Okay. That was, its mom was a polar bear and its father was a grizzly. And this is coming more and more and more often with the melting ice caps in these areas. Mm-hmm. Where grizzly or polar bears are running out of habitat mm-hmm. and coming inland. They're fine. It's becoming a really big problem because polar bears are not doing well. Yeah. Because they, they're, they're not, they're ice sheet hunters. You know, they only eat like hyper for six months out of the year and they, you know, they kind of hibernate for the rest. Yeah. So this, they're not getting that food store, you know, so they're coming inland they're used to, yeah. and they're coming into villages and stuff like that. Cause it's, you know, smell, especially the areas that it smells like fish and they're doing it with the grizzlies. Yeah. Because they're having trouble finding mates. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't, that is a, that is a ballsy grizzly to come down or to do, to, to try to put the moves on a, on uh, a polar, polar bear. bear. Yeah. Yeah. Polar bears are a lot bigger than grizzlies. Right. Yeah. First off, second off, they're a lot meaner. Oh Yeah. You know, you see people like there's that video, that big grizzly bear that's on the trail that walks right by these guys. Oh, yeah. And the guys react perfectly. They're like, hey, bear, hey, bear. And the grizzly like looks at him and keeps walking. Yep. Because they're not scared of it, but they're not, you know, they're not running away from it, but they're not right, endangering yeah. the bear mm-hmm. itself. As opposed to the photographer who was photographing that polar bear. Here's the thing with polar bears. <laughs> A human is always food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was always. They it don't was have trying it. Hard to get and to him. He was that so that was the famous polar bear proof cube. Yeah. He went to test it. Yeah. And after about 30 minutes, he wasn't so sure. No, I wouldn't be. That thing was, was not giving up. Well, it was finding the corners. Yeah. Working the plexiglass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bulletproof glass. It was working it. And it was pushing, pushing, pushing. And yeah. They I will would, eat you. I would have been I mean, that is straight up so right out of a nightmare. And then there's hybrid gigantism and hybrid vigor. Yeah. Uh where a lot of the times the the they're they're sterile, but the offspring's big. They're a lot bigger than both parent, and they can look a lot different than both parent. It's yeah. not like you know ligers are like, massive, and they kind of look like a liger tiger mm-hmm. tiger hybrid. Yeah, uh, but they don't they don't have to look like that. You know, they can look very different from both parents because they're expressing very unique traits. Right. Yeah, it, and not like the okapi where a giraffe and a zebra. Yeah, it got together. Yeah, and it just created a mix of both of them. That is what that looks like, though, which is nuts, but mm-hmm. not at all. Not at all true. <laughs> so what if that's what's happening? Is it's just different bears from around the world hybridizing and making these monsters? Well, that would explain why they're so rare. Yeah. And why you only see, like, one in a region if you do see it. Mm-hmm. Because 
if it's st- if it is sterile. Now I've heard things too where some of those animals aren't. It depends on how closely related they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, they can come out and be a, have viable offspring, but for the most part, yeah, they are sterile. Yeah, it depends. It really it really depends on how close to the species is related. Yeah, like there are the, a bunch of these species that are very like there's a leopard leopard lion hybrids, I believe. Oh, cool. I can't remember what they're called. They have a weird name, just like you know a pizzly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. They are, they are very, you know, ligers are sterile, but I think they may be fertile, if I remember right. Yeah. Because hmm. they're much, leopards are much more closely related to a lion. They're all in Panthera. Oh, cool. Yeah, panthers. Um, but, So, yeah, if they, let's say, say two different uh, species did have a offspring and it grows up giant. And let's say that is, uh, uh, what is that word? Uh, fertile. It yeah, can, viable. Viable, Yeah. And then there's that gene that's just in there, you know, that might express itself, you know, down the line. Like we said, two or three generations later, might be another giant that just pops out because it had giants in its past. I don't know. So I think that could be, but I don't know. Let's just get to the elephant in the room. All right. This is a short face bears. All of them are just short. Is it Not been 45 them, minutes? But, huh? huh? <laughs> has it been 45 minutes since yeah. your prediction? It's been 46.5. Perfect. So you're right. For short face bears. Yeah. A lot of these are short face bears. And short face bears, we do have historical evidence of oh, them. Oh, I, I got a whole big thing on short face bears. Oh, let's get let's just dive right into it. So uncovering the mystery of short face bears in the name of this article we're gonna use. So short face bears, also known as do you remember the scientific name? Uh, oh yeah, uh I do, but I don't know. Arcturus Arcaduus Arcturusimus. Arcturusimus. Yeah, something like that. It's an extinct species that run North America or roam the earth thousands of years ago. This fantastic creature it has puzzled scientists for decades. It is thought through years of research and fossil discovery, we are beginning to uncover the secrets of its origin, physical characteristic, habitat, diet, and ultimately its extinction, with quotes. Ooh. Join us this journey as we dive into. This is a fun article. So origins of short face bear. It was during the Pleistocene epoch is when it kind of came around at 800,000 years ago. Okay. So rel- relatively new as far as mammals. Yeah. You know, bears took over a lot of niches for a long time. Bear dogs... Uh, which were, you know, the ancestors of both, you know, canids and ursine. Okay. You know, if you look at bears and canines, they have a lot of similarities because right, they're yeah. not that far really related from each other. Okay. Uh, we could almost domesticate bears if they just had a little bit more social structure. Some, I mean, some people they're in Russia not, have. No, no, like bear man was eaten. <laughs> well, that's different. Yeah, yeah, that was his quote unquote. Yeah, bears are not pets. No, no. But I've seen some, you know, they wrestle them, they get yeah, trained in circus, right? And then bikes. one time they taste your blood, and then they eat your they eat your liver. Right. Uh, time they, this time, significant global global changes were happening, shaping the landscape that short faced bears would inhabit. The glaciers receded, vast grassland, grasslands opened up, and open habitat was created, providing a, a perfect environment for the species to evolve and flourish. So this geological era, you know, short faced bears, the Pleistocene era, this time characterized by dramatic climate fluctuations. The era witnessed several ice ages, causing shifts in vegetation and forcing animals to adapt rapidly. So at this time is when these ice sheets were coming and going very fast. Okay. Where I'm like, we were under ice and then we'd be not. And then, so stuff like mammoths and all, you know, all that stuff was coming around. Uh, The short-faced bears is in uniquely set up for its characteristics. was one such remarkable adaptation. Its survival during these challenges, environmental conditions, showcased its remarkable resilience and adaptability. Okay. So this is a weird animal to go extinct. Yeah, if it's so resilient and can yeah. adapt to any environment. And they were amazing apex predators, but they were also foragers. Okay. During this year, the short-faced bears coexisted with the iconic megafauna, such as woolly mammoth and saber-toothed cats. Mm. 
These interactions between different species shaped its ecological dynamic of this time, with each species playing a crucial role in its maintaining a delicate balance of its ecosystem. While the short-faced bear was an impressive size and strength and it was a formidable predator, it had long legs in the front and a slender build allowing it to cover great distances in search of prey. It primarily fed on large herbivores, such as bison and horses. Those are pretty big. But what are we talking about with the, these booger bears, these bulldog bears? What, going after bison and they carrying them off in their mouths? The one was called a bison killer Yeah. and the moose killer. Dang. Uh, using its powerful jaws and sharp claws to down its quarry. So unlike like grizzly bears, which this thing is quite a bit larger than a grizzly bear. You're right. Its jaw was set up to kill animals. Just to crunch? Yeah. yeah. It was much more bulldog shaped, and we'll talk about its physical characteristics in a minute. Um, like I said, you know, it's, it was the first glance a short-faced bear stood out among its competitors. It's possessed several unique physical characteristics that set it apart from most other bear species. The short-faced bear, also known as Archidus simus, was an awe-inspiring creature that roamed the earth from the Pleistocene. Its imposing presence was made it was part of what made it an extremely formidable predator in its environment. Uh, the short-faced bear was a true giant, towering over almost all modern-day relatives. It reached a height of up to twelve feet when it was standing upright, Jeez. which I believe the biggest polar bear is eight or nine feet. Gosh. Which is still massive. I'm just picturing a 12-foot, because I can imagine a basketball The bus is 9 foot tall. Oh, yeah. I am just ima- I always just imagine a basketball hoop, you know, at 10 mm-hmm. feet. And I know how tall that is above me. So keep in mind, a polar bear, is, I think the max is like 9 feet. Phew. So this is 3 or 4 feet taller, taller. than this, the max polar bear. Which means how much wider it oh, would be than so two. much heavier. Yeah. Making it the largest bear that ever existed. Imagine encountering a bear... Twice the size that of the biggest polar bears today. Gosh dang. And that wise. And that as big as that uh outside of what is that? Uh Cabela's? Is that what it is? Yeah. So that thing's I think twelve or thirteen foot tall. Jeez, yeah, the big bear statue out in uh, front of it. Yeah, Cabela's in Dundee, Michigan. Yep. Is that yeah, it's Cabela's. And now it's Bass Pro. Is it Bass Pro now? Yeah, they're all Bass Pro. Oh, okay. Bass Pro one. Well, either way, that, those stores, yeah, if you see the giant bear statue, there you go. Good example. So due to its immense size, it was able to adapt and allowed it to dominate pretty much every environment it was in or intimidate potential threats. Mm-hmm. So they were big enough to pretty much dominate whatever local competition they had. Right. You know, we're talking the Smilodons, the saber cats, but also things like modern-day wolves and dire wolves. Uh, but they were also big enough that they were too much to mess with. Right, yeah. So those are all their predators that were hunting in competition or in packs. They're like the blue whales of yeah, the woods. Except they were predators also. Oh, yeah, that too. Uh, but stuff like giant ground sloths would often leave them alone. Uh, these things were maybe, we'll talk about eating mammoth calves. Dang. Well, yeah, why so, not? I mean, you're talking about things that we're eating. You know, we're talking about polar bears and grizzly bears struggling today, eating stuff like bison. These guys were taking on mammoth calves. This is scarier than cocaine bear. Uh, imagine this thing got cocaine. Yeah. With its colossal proportions, the short bear possessed an incredible amount of strength. Its muscular limbs and robust frame enabled it to take down extremely large prey with ease. So we're talking about, the, you know, like I said, once again, modern-day bear struggling with bison and yeah. moose calves. This thing was eating those like it was nothing. So this bear was definitely a force to be reckoned with. Despite its massive size... It was actually surprisingly agile. Even scarier. So unlike modern-day bears being clumsy, yeah, this thing had a very long legs and a flexible spine, allowing it to swiftly move and efficiently change direction. Yeah, how would these things go extinct? 
Mm, we'll get to that. In combination with its size and agility, it was mostly highly effective predator, capable of chasing down prey over long distances. So this thing was much like early humans. Yeah. Is it would just keep chasing prey until the prey was exhausted. And by the time it caught you, you were done. Like you were screwed. Oh, for sure. Uh, this was often what we think maybe led to the first. So horses have been to North America twice. Okay. The, the first North American species of horse that came over in the land bridge went extinct. And then we brought horses back over and horses went wild again. Oh, okay. So the modern day wild horses out in the West and in Canada and stuff are not the same species that was originally the wild horses in North America. Didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it, it maybe went extinct because short face bears were eating them all. Goodbye, horses. Unique facial structure. So this is where we get into some of the connections with these cryptids we've been talking about. So what's intriguing face of the short face bear was its distinctively shortened face. Right. It's which drives its name from. Its characteristics co uh, coupled with the wide nasal opening and large eye sockets suggest adaptations for increased respiratory and enhanced visual ac uh, accuracy. Makes sense. So these guys were extremely good at scent. It, excuse me, had extremely good sight. Yeah. The wide nasal openings of the short face bear allowed a greater air intake, enabling them to breathe more effectively during intense physical activities. So these were not the lazy modern-day bears that we kind of think about. Yeah. These were giant, active predators. <laughs> and its adaptation allowed it been particularly advantageous for a pursuit of fast-moving prey. So why, like, stuff like terror birds and smilodons went extinct is they were much more bulkier. You know, you think big cats today, yeah. a lot of them are fast and agile. Right. Smilodons weren't. They were big apex predators made to take down large, heavy-set mammals. Mm. These guys were kind of the opposite, even though they were huge. Yeah. They were made to chase prey over long distances. So a lot of the prey that and survived— maul them when they well, get there. A lot of the prey that survived the mass extinction were the fast-moving prey. Okay. So their prey didn't go extinct right, at the yeah. end of the last ice age. Makes sense. But I'm just saying, why did they go extinct? It's just one of these points to why they went extinct. Or did they? Did they? Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's yeah. the big key. And they fought others, each other often. So furthermore, these large eye sockets of the sort of free spirit indicate that it was an exceptional vision. Its ability to see was clearly over a long distance and would have been crucial for locating prey and detecting potential threats in its expansive habitat. The unique facial features, combined with its powerful jaws and sharp teeth, made the short face bear an extremely formidable predator. It could deliver a bone-crushing bite, capable of immobilizing prey in a single bite. It's basically a giant chow. If it bit you, you were done. Yeah, it, well, I'm, yeah. not, I'm talking large animals, let alone, not us. It could bite us in half. Oh, yeah, easily. It could probably swallow half of us. A weird side effect of having this weird facial structure is it almost looked ape or human-like, straying right at you. Mm. And this could be, once again, to connect to the cryptids where some of these bulldog bear or ape yeah. bear characteristics come from. Yeah. It did kind of have a vaguely human-ish face when it was staring right at you. Would that you know, be pareidolia or? A little bit. A little bit. And we see this with other animals, you know, with kind of shorter, like smug faces. Yeah. Like gorillas don't have a nose. Right, exactly. Like us, but we, they look amazingly human. Yeah. So these guys would kind of fall into that too. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, these guys, their habitat range was immense. The, everything from the cold, you know, north to the prairies to forest. These guys were found in every habitat in the Americas. So their geological distribution. Fossils of short-faced bear have been discovered from North America, from Alaska to Mexico. A wide distribution suggests a remarkable adaptability to different ecosystems. Like I said, from the frozen tundra to the arid deserts, these guys were found. Mm -hmm. These did not care what environment they were in. They would find a unique, they would find a niche. So, um, 
I mean, that explains a lot of the, these accounts all over the world. And once again, they were found in Russia as well, you know, in, you know, pretty much the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. And there are some debates that they made it all the way into South America. I mean, why not? I mean, there was not much stopping them. No, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to. I would love to see a fight. There's a couple paintings of these guys fighting giant ground sloths. What do you mean? Oh, oh gosh, short faced bear versus giant ground sloth. And yeah, that wouldn't. Oh, that would be one heck of a battle. Yeah, that would be the the battle to see. That's the main event at the, like the Roman Colosseum. Yeah, because giant like giant ground sloths were one of the few animals besides these guys that could push off smilodons and yeah. big cats from their prey. Yeah. Like a smile, there's a lot of evidence suggesting Smilons fought giant ground sloths. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were fighting these short faced bears. Uh, no, I don't think it would end well. Because uh, giant ground sloths weren't extremely flexible. Yeah, but they could, yeah, if they swiped at you and they got you. Yeah, these guys were extremely f- flexible. Yeah. There's not a spot you could get on their body they couldn't get you. Okay, gotcha. But, you know, so short, uh, the diet and hunting techniques, short faced bears' dietary preference and hunting techniques are critical aspects for their survival. Uh, they would take, it depends on which habitat they were in. Because we have a lot of their coprolites or stool, you know, left over okay. from their environments. Despite their name, the short-faced bear did not limit itself to small prey, you know, because people, that's short name. Mm-hmm. It consumed mammals such as rodents and deer. So small prey. It even preyed on mammoths. I was going to say, how is deer small? But, oh, but, yeah, when it compared so to mammoths. It bison, horses, and even mammoths were a part of its diet. Its ability to take down such large prey was requiredly incredible for its strength and skill. Uh, so like I said, they would kind of fit whatever role they would fall in. Yeah. Whether they were eating rodents, like we have a lot of their scat with that was rodents. With like mouse they were bones up. in yeah. it. Yeah. They were digging them up in the winter and stuff like that. So these guys were not passing up on prey. No. I mean, you don't get that big without eating literally everything. So like I said, they, their hunting strategies were from everything from, you know, speed chasing down, you know, horses to battling it out with mammoths. To, you know, s- slowly stalking frogs and mice. Gosh. Isn't that the legend of the Devil's Tower, too? It was a short-faced bear climbing A giant cl- bear clawed uh, it out. Yeah. Trying to get the guys. So extinction theories. While the short-faced bear remained supreme for hundreds of thousands of years, its existence eventually came to an end. Several theories have emerged regarding this reason behind its extinction, but none have really come really full circle with it. The short-faced bear continued to thrive up to 10,000 years ago mm. when it disappeared from the fossil record. Probably because it wasn't enough time to fossilize. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, this time concluded with the end of the Pleistocene era and the extinction of several iconic megafauna. So a lot of megafauna went extinct about 100,000 years ago, and yeah. then a lot of them again went extinct 10,000 years ago. Yeah. And we don't really know why the 10,000 one was. I mean, there's, there's all a- this thing with the meteor impact, yeah, the giant lightning storms. Mm-hmm. You know, and, Something happened. And that... You know, that could be a good example of why it went extinct. Let's say it was the giant lightning storm thing. Yeah. Big mammals couldn't hide exactly. as easy. Right. You know, it was not saying they couldn't get into a cave like we, you know, but big mammals like mammoths and, you know, stuff like that. It was hard. Especially if it, if it happens suddenly, which a lot of the evidence shows. It shows it does. Something happens suddenly. Uh, but they, the scientists, everything from climate change, loss of habitat, which I don't agree with either of those. As far as, and I do believe in climate change, you know, the Earth's climate has changed multiple times. But we've already determined these things can, can live. adapt in everything. They were yes. living in the arid deserts and the tundra. Exactly. So what are you going to throw at it? That it can't, uh, uh, I, I guess. I guess the dinosaurs' mass extinction would probably have been because there wouldn't have been no food left over. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a climate change, you know, sort of 
Let's see, what the you, world ending. What are you going to throw at it besides you know a, a mass and, lightning storm throughout the world? That's, like I said, the habitat loss is another one that I don't agree with because there's their habitat you know ability was everything. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't much that they unless the Earth blows up. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's about the only way it can have habitat a loss. A really big one was competition with humans. Now that one I would believe the most. Because humans, like giant ground sloths, we were their final nail in their coffin. Yeah, exactly. People. Not saying that we caused their extinction, but we were definitely the final nail. Oh, yeah. Because they were scary, and they would destroy villages and huts. And so we destroyed so them first. them all. Yeah. And these guys were even more so. And so, I mean, I would believe that because it's just what we do. I mean, I don't think there's any animal we cannot uh, tame or destroy. Here's one I don't agree with, too. This is the big pushing theory. Okay. This is the big theory. Is their prey disappearance, their primary prey disappearance. They said most megafauna went extinct. Uh, before, you know, the eight, you know, well, the 1600s, bison were fine. Everywhere. Bison were here in Ohio. Bison were in the Yukon. Bison were in Mexico. I mean, before— Bison were fine. Before the U.S. military went and right, that's systematically killed them all. So the, the bison survived. Moose and elk and deer, you know, these they had plenty of food. All made it. Other bears— you don't. You're not going to tell me these things were not eating grizzly bears, right? And you know other big cats and stuff like whatever they could catch, they were eating, right? And they could catch anything. It yeah, sounds like. So, in conclusion, nobody quite knows why these guys went extinct, and in my opinion, they never went extinct. They were probably like most apexes in small numbers, mm-hmm. very secretive, and their competition with humans probably put them closer to extinction. And we're just seeing the relic of their population. Right, yeah. That they are living in the, you know, they're living, a lot of the early stories I told you about the bulldog bears and the western bears, the the, uh, the bison-eating bears. Yeah. We're on the verge of human expansion, or white person settlement here in North America, to where we were killing mass numbers of animals very quickly. You know, the Native Americans did a pretty good job of living in unison with the environment and understanding. Right. Uh, so this may have what pushed them to the edges. That this population of short-faced bears was barely surviving. Not barely surviving, but surviving in very limited numbers. Right. And then we came through and pushed them to the edges. Like what? the Yukon beaver eater was this, you know, this monster we talked about I think yeah. on Patreon. But this giant that would come out and eat, you know, open up giant beaver dens and eat all the beavers in it. Yeah. And that's believed to be a short-faced bear. This South America, this Russia, you know, these areas we're seeing them now. Very isolated and, yeah. Very isolated. And they're attacking megafauna. Right, yeah. That's what they're eating. You know, these things are talked about eating bison and moose, and they're humongous. Insane. People don't realize, like, you know, polar bears are huge. Right. This thing is twice the weight easy. Which is of a ins- polar bear. just insane. Easy. Like, to even think it was like to put in, I don't know, to imagine it in front of you, I, can't, I almost can't. It's as big as this room. I mean, you could probably fit two of them in here. Maybe. They wouldn't be happy about it. No, not at all. But you could probably fit them in here. I think the room's <laughs> actually, you couldn't. The room's only eleven foot by eleven foot. Yeah, not happening. You couldn't, you couldn't fit him in here. No, just, they're twelve foot long. Just one, and he'd be all curled up. He wouldn't be happy. You'd have to do him diagonal. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's what we're seeing, at least for the most part. Yeah, I remnant short faced bears. I'm agreeing, uh, agreeing with you on this one. And I think it's weird that it overlaps. And I don't think. See, all of this stuff with a lot of these mammals going extinct, like the mastodons and mammoths, they went extinct because of bison, in my opinion. Humans were definitely the final nail, and like a lot of the megafauna. Right, yeah. But they couldn't compete. So if you watch the extinction or the timeline extinction of mammoths, it directly correlates with stuff like bison. So they were doing the same migratory path, 
Mm. They moved a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. They were in bigger herds. So they were eating the mammoth out of home. So when the mammoths would come out of the north and go into the south for the migratory path, all the food was already gone Bison by the time they got here. Got, yeah, Bison so, already went through it. Yeah, they were, you know, these are giant grazers. So by the time they, you know, they were going extinct because of competition. Yeah. They couldn't compete. They had super long gestation compared to bison. Yeah. Their herds were a lot smaller, and they just couldn't compete. That makes more sense to me than this thing. This thing, there's not a lot that it couldn't compete with. Right, exactly. Or find a different niche. Right. They took every every niche. They, like I said, these things they were feel- eating rodents and mammoths. And mammoths. <laughs> There's not a lot in between that they weren't tackling. Oh, clearly, yeah. There's not everything falls in between there. So, like I said, this is part one of Giant Bears. Nice. Part two will be in a, a couple months. I haven't wrote, I haven't written down. It'll be more about the giant polar bear like creatures being seen. Okay. Because they're seen all over the northern hemisphere. Yeah. These giant white bears, the spirit bears, uh, and they're a little different. They're definitely, <laughs> these guys aren't not aggressive. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, breaking in a house is neat. People, the giant white bears are more. More aggressive? Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, even, that'll be a fun one. Even near Port Lock, there's been a couple giant white Ooh. bears. There you go. A little Modern teaser. Day. A little teaser. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot and the giant white bears. I like it. Anything to add? No, I like this one. This is pretty interesting. Short-faced bears. Uh, comment down below. They still around? They still exist? If I remember, I'll put that as a poll on Spotify. There we go. Yeah. If I remember. I have been the great powerful mystery. I've been... J clone 40. No, 60 something. 61. I don't know. Turn around. I can't see the back of your head. Oh, shoot. (laughs) But we'll catch you next week with more Crypt of the Corn. Bye. Thank you for listening to Crypt of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash Crypt of the Corn.com. And don't forget, stay magical. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.